Hey guys, it's Tyler. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast today where we talk faith, family, and focus in your life and your leadership. You know, juggling all of these things, it is so hard to keep track. Sometimes our heart can become so restless under the stress and the responsibility of all these facets of life. And that's why I wrote my book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. You can go to my website and get a free copy of that book, a free paperback copy of that book at tylerarobertson.com slash restless. So if you haven't done that yet, head on over to my website and do that. Grab a free copy of that book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. And with that, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to the Navigators Podcast, the podcast that equips men and women to steer the course of biblical Christianity in our culture today. Each week, we discuss faith, family, and the cultural trends that are sure to impact the local church. Join Tyler Robertson as we study God's Word together. What makes you happy? What do you depend on today to give you happiness? You know, my Sunday school teacher used to always say, everybody's on a happiness quest. That's true, isn't it? Everybody wants to be happy. Everybody wants to have a smile on their face and joy in their heart. I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning and says, you know what, I want to be like Eeyore today. I just want to be down and out and sad all the time. I don't think anybody thinks that way. We all want to be happy. But the question is, what are we depending on to give us happiness? You know, our dependency is rooted in our worship. So what do you mean by that? What we ultimately put our trust in is ultimately the thing we run to to satisfy us. We've been talking about for the last several weeks, what are the dangers of pleasure? The dangers of pleasure. Uh, Once again, God has created us for work. He's created us for enjoyment too, for pleasure. And there are many things that he has given us to, to, to take pleasure in. But understand that those pleasures can become sin when they are not in the proper balance. And we looked at last week, one of the dangers of pleasure is distraction. Something as simple as, you know, going out for a round of golf can be something that we depend on to give us rest for our soul. It becomes something we literally have to have or we've convinced ourselves that we have to have in order to be happy, in order to feel satisfied, in order to have peace in our heart and that is one of the other dangers of pleasure not just distraction getting distracted from what really matters but being dependent on our pleasures to give us rest for our soul and i've seen it i've seen it where people they say well you know uh, we're just trying this certain thing out and before you know it they've they keep missing church because of travel ball Something that way they were just enjoying. And they use excuses like, well, this is family time. But understand, there's nothing wrong with travel ball. But when we put that in the place of where Jesus should have in our lives, it is then that it becomes a sin. We depend on that thing to do what Jesus alone said he wants to do. Maybe we skip connect group for a money-making opportunity. Or we substitute our time with God for time on our phones, right? There's something in our head, something in our mind that tells us that if we we can have satisfaction in this thing, in this pleasure, time on our phones, scrolling through social media, whatever, and what happens? We can 
become more dependent on that to satisfy us than the Word of God. Or maybe we sacrifice performance at our main job because of a side hustle, right? God has called us to a job, to do this specific job, to be diligent in our work, and yet we're so focused on what's going on on the side that we can't do what God has called us to do. And that's a temptation, right? There's nothing wrong with a side hustle, but there's still a danger in the fact that we can become dependent on it to give us satisfaction. You know, Paul, he warned the church at Corinth. He said this. He said, Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Now, when we think of that word idolatry, we think of a little statue of Buddha or some wooden carving that somebody has on their window or mantelpiece or whatever. But understand, an idol can be anything, whether that's good or bad. An idol, it's anything that you put in front of Jesus. It's anything that you put in front of Jesus. And by the way, that can become a pleasure. Susan Wesley, you may not know that name, but John and Charles Wesley, you may know that those two brothers. She said, she was their mother. She said this about what an idol is. She said, it is whatever weakens your reason, impairs the tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, takes off your relish for spiritual things, Whatever increases the authority of the body over the mind, that thing is sin to you, however innocent it may seem in itself. I think it's a great definition of what an idol idol is, don't you? And when I think of an idol, and when I think of the, the narratives in Scripture, I think one of the most common stories is the story of the golden calf. Do you remember that? Exodus 32, where the children of Israel, God's chosen people, were brought out of the land of Egypt. God delivered them from the land of Egypt from bondage. And they're out wandering in the wilderness, and God calls Moses up to the top of Mount Sinai, where he's going to give him the Ten Commandments. And what happens? The people turn to an idol. The nation of Israel, God's chosen people, began to depend on something else to fill the void in their heart other than God. We look at that story and we think, oh, well, I will never do that. You know, I'm not going to erect a statue in my living room and bow down and worship it. But understand that we, especially in our culture, have bowed down the knee as Christians. We have bowed down the knee to many idols. And we must be very, very careful of the idols that are in our heart and in our mind. Because what can happen, as I said, those idols can become things that we worship. We depend on them instead of Jesus. And so I think a quick look in Exodus 32 as to why the children of Israel ran to a golden calf. I always thought that was kind of weird, which there's a reasoning for that. That's actually, some scholars believe that that was one of the Egyptian gods, and they they were familiar with that image. But why did they run to a golden calf? Why did they worship a golden calf literally after seeing God do so many great miracles. I think the answer to that question will help us with any idols or anything in our lives right now that we're depending on to make us happy or depending on to give us rest for our soul. Um, There's something in Exodus 32 right there on the first verse. You can see it. There's a little phrase that says, For we want not what has become of him. You know what that's called? It's called fear. I think number one, why they turned to an idol was because they were fearful. 
They said, we don't want not, and that's kind of a weird old English word, but we want not what has become of him. Literally, we don't know what's happened to him. We don't know if he's died up there on that mountain. We have no idea, but I don't think he's coming back down. And no doubt, all the questions started pouring in. You know, fear will make you do some crazy things. It really will. It'll make you do some really stupid things when we act out in fear or respond to a situation in fear. I had a gentleman one time, he advised me, he said, there are two things in the world that control the money market, greed and fear. And he asked me a question, and I'll never forget it. He said, which one do you think is the strongest emotion? Let me ask you, what do you think is the strongest emotion? I would definitely say fear. You know why? Because people do crazy things out of fear. In the situation with the children of Israel, Moses was gone. He was up in that mountain, and they were fearful. And that is why is what drove them to erect this altar of the golden calf. And I think there's an application here. The children of Israel, what did they do? They ran to an idol because of fear. And I think sometimes people choose their idols because of fear. They run to travel wall because they're scared of what they may hear on a Sunday message. They're scared what God may ask them to sacrifice. Right? They focus more on making money than they do building their relationship with Jesus Christ. Why do they do that? Because they're fearful that if I give my life over to God, then my needs will not be met. And I truly believe that what drives us as human beings to worship other things than Jesus is fear. We are scared of what God is going to call us and ask us to do. What does the Bible say in Revelation 3? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. I heard a preacher preach that message one time, that passage one time, and he said, I believe sometimes we don't open the door because we're scared of what God may come in and take from us. We think he's literally just going to come in, guns blazing, and just take everything from us. But no, understand today that Jesus doesn't want to take something from you. He wants to give you something you've never had, and that is soul rest. But what we do oftentimes is our lives are controlled by fear. And out of that fear, we run to the things of the world to give us rest for our soul. The children of Israel did it, and I believe we can do it as well. So not only they were fearful, but also they were forgetful. Do you realize that moment, that instance in Exodus 32 where they erected the golden calf, that was only 30 days after God had appeared to the entire congregation of Israel. Only 30 days. That is not a long time. And they were worshiping naked, dancing, drinking around this golden calf. The Bible says in Psalm 106, They forgot God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt. They had forgotten. And many times throughout the Old Testament, it it talks about how the children of Israel, they forgot what God has done. You know, I believe we are, oftentimes turn to the pleasures of the world. We depend on them to give us rest. It's because we forget what God has done for us. We forget what God has done. Go back in your mind for just a second. Think about the time that Jesus came into your life for the very first time. Wasn't that just an amazing moment? You had peace just flood your soul. It was an amazing, amazing thing. Let me ask you, where did that peace go? Did Jesus 
come into your life and then leave? Where did that peace go? I truly believe what happens as believers, we get so excited, we get saved, we get excited, we begin to grow in our faith. But then what happens if we're not careful? We let these subtle things creep into our lives and we slowly turn back to our Egyptian or our worldly way of thinking that the pleasures of the world are the things that are going to give us what we truly need. And yet Jesus is standing there with his arms open, with his hand open saying, listen, I want to give you soul rest. All you got to do is come unto me. Right? We are so prone to wonder Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love, like the song says. The children of Israel, what did they do? They forgot what God had done for them. Paul challenged the church of Galatia in, in, in chapter 4. He said this, How be it then? When you knew not God, ye did serve unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? He's saying, hey, God has delivered you from sinful things. God has delivered you from the things of the world, the bondage of the world, and yet you're literally running right back to them. You've forgotten what God has done for you, and you've run right back to the things of the world to give you pleasure, to give you rest for your soul. Hebrews 2 says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip, right? We're so forgetful sometimes, aren't we, of what God has done for us. So the children of Israel, what did they do? They forgot what God had done, and they erected this golden calf. They began to worship it and turned it for direction. By the way, they even credited this golden calf for delivering them from Egypt. They literally stole the glory from God, so to speak, and they literally attributed their deliverance out of Egypt to this golden calf. See, if we're not careful as believers, we can go that far. None of us is above sacrificing everything in our lives for our pleasure. This is why people fall into addiction. This is why people fall into immorality. Why? Because they think in their mind that that specific thing is going to give them what Jesus alone can give them. And they forget what God has done. So not only were they fearful and they were forgetful, but also, lastly, they gave into their flesh. They gave into their flesh. And that was simply, this is in verse 6 of Exodus 32. They gave into their flesh. They literally said, okay, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to get. They ate, drank, they gave in to fleshly things. And I think it's very interesting, too, in this story that what did Aaron, the spiritual leader, he that he was... Uh, in on all of this that, that's astounding but also the fact he what did he ask for he said okay we're going to make a golden calf so we need what we need all the gold and the earrings right people began to pull the earrings the necklaces off and give to him and the bible even says that the sons of israel gave earrings according to hebrew law was a jewish man supposed to have an earring no where did that come from that came from Egypt. It is very easy for the culture to influence the church. It's very easy for the outside culture to creep its way into the church. And before long, the culture and the church look exactly the same. The world, those that are lost and those that are saved look exactly the same. And there's no difference between them. 
but they gave in to their flesh. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. I think there's such a divine principle here that we've got to take note. We all know what eating and drinking is, right? And that's not talking about drinking alcohol here. It's talking about eating and drinking for your survival. Literally, you eat and drink every single day to nourish your body, right? But whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. I think there's a principle that doesn't matter how small of a thing there is, we ought to do every little thing to the glory of God. And that's behind God's heart. God doesn't just want the big things in your life. He wants the small things, the small moments of time that you have alone. He wants every little facet of your life. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was a heroic martyr for Christ. He shares his battle with the flesh. He said this about his, he was struggling with some idols in his own heart and with some things that he was running to instead of Jesus. He said, with irresistible power, desire ceases mastery over the flesh. It makes no difference whether it's sexual desire, ambition, vanity, or desire for revenge or love or fame or power or greed or for money. Joy in God is extinguished in us, and we seek all our joy in the creature. At this moment, God is quite unreal to us. He loses all reality, and only desire for the creature is real. Satan does not here fill us with the hatred of God, but with forgetfulness of God. The lust thus aroused envelops the mind and will of man in deepest darkness. The powers of clear discrimination and of decision are taken from us. The questions present themselves. Is what the flesh desires really sin in this case? Is it really not permitted to me? Yes. Expected of me? Now here in my particular situation to appease desire? It is here that everything within me rises up against the word of God. And you can see just End quote. And you can see in that, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he was saying, hey, there's something that can creep in that literally extinguishes every good thing that God is trying to do. When we allow our sinful pleasures and giving in to our flesh to control our lives. You see, our flesh is weak and we can easily convince our flesh that we need something simply because we desire to have it. The Bible says in Mark 14, the spirit truly is ready, but the flesh, what is it? It's weak. And if we're not careful, we can give in to our flesh, just like the children of Israel did. And it's always interesting with idol worship. There's other sins that come along with it. It's the same that's true in your life. What now is just a simple distraction or a simple checking out, scrolling on your phone, could be something now that leads to looking on things you shouldn't. Right? And you're going deeper and deeper in that sin. Why? Because initially you believe the lie that, hey, if I depend on this, it's going to satisfy me. When Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. Listen, listen, remember my words. Yield to the Holy Spirit of God. Hey, and move in faith, not in fear. The Holy Spirit of God wants us so badly to depend on Him for our rest. So back to the question from the very beginning. What makes you happy? What are you depending on today to give you rest for your soul? Turn it over to Jesus. Can I just challenge you? 
Can I just challenge you today? Give it to Christ. Don't run to those idols out of fear, thinking, well, if I give my life to the Lord, then my needs won't be met. Don't give in to those idols and those pleasures because you forget what God has done for you or you're just satisfying your flesh again. But turn to Christ. What did he say? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Thank you for listening to The Navigator's Podcast. Visit TylerARobertson.com and subscribe to our readers group for helpful articles, podcast updates, and book releases. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to read more articles, listen to more podcast episodes, or find more resources, you can go to tylerarobertson.com. tylerarobertson.com and subscribe to all of that. We would love to have you as a part of our community as we grow in our faith, family, and leadership focus.